One of the nice things about being a parent of two young children is having exactly one for each knee. <laughs> I found myself reflecting on that one of the weekday mornings this past week as there was a moment of calm, wriggling calm, but calm nonetheless in the midst of the otherwise chaotic morning of trying to get everybody out the door to school and daycare. One of the things I'm not sure I could have fully imagined before becoming a parent is the sheer physicality of it, which is sometimes a physicality that can be exhausting. The situations of toting a 30-pound human being on one hip while balancing a sack of groceries, trying to open a car door, and maybe retrieve a fallen pacifier or blanket. It's a physicality that can be exhausting but also profoundly sweet. When a 30-pound human being crawls into bed with you in the middle of the night or snuggles up on a lap. There are a lot of things a few, near, a few years from now that I won't miss about the small child phase of parenting. Things that have to do with exhaustion and chaos. But I know that there are things that I will miss too. I know that as ages get older, and boundaries appropriately shift, there will likely come a time when I'll miss the sheer ease of our physical intimacy, the snuggles and cuddles, our bodies casually snuggling together easily and often. Now, all of us humans are physical beings. And while we have different thresholds for it and different preferences, almost all of us crave some kind of physical closeness with each other. There are times when we find ourselves missing it desperately, like when a partner dies or a long relationship ends and we find ourselves single again, or when a global pandemic happens and we find ourselves isolated in our homes for weeks and months at a time. We're created for physical intimacy. In our Old Testament reading, I think is one of the best portrayals of physical intimacy with God in all of Scripture. I think this may be the only place in the Bible that uses the word dandel. And in the first few verses of the reading, God tells us to imagine a personified city of Jerusalem as a mother, a mother that can nurse us from her consoling breast and tote us around on her arm and bounce us or dandle us on her knees. But then partway through the passage, the imagery shifts until it's not just Jerusalem, but God herself that we're being invited to imagine in this way. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. It's one of the most wonderful instances of feminine and maternal imagery for God in the Hebrew scriptures. And I think it's good for us to just take a moment and sit with this image, or sit on this image, and imagine ourselves on God's knees, nursing from God's breast. And to imagine not only how delightful this is for us as the child, but maybe how delightful it is for God. God, 
as our parent who rejoices and revels in the sheer physicality of our snuggling closeness. This is the kind of delight that God takes in you. Now this is Independence Day weekend. And we come to this weekend at a fraught moment in our national life. And a lot of that fraughtness has to do with physicality and bodies, and the bodies of mothers and children. I think it's the sheer intimacy and tenderness of that relationship of the growing baby in its mother's womb that makes some feel so strongly that abortion is a tragedy and the unborn life should be protected at all costs. It's that same physicality and intimacy and tenderness that make others of us feel so strongly that when hard choices have to be made about that growing potential life, that for the government to intrude into that relationship, into that mother's body and choices, is wrong. And so we come to this Independence Day weekend, divided and with raw and mixed emotions, singing songs of freedom and liberty, even as we reel from what many of us believe is a devastating blow to liberty. A weekend that comes in the midst of what seems to be a perennial stew of more and more toxic and dysfunctional politics, elections under threat, and a system immobilized and seemingly incapable of acting meaningfully in response to urgent crises like climate change that have to do with everyone's welfare. And yet we come also to this Independence Day weekend still longing for so much of what this country represents or aspires to represent or has often represented only for some but maybe could represent for all for things like freedom, for things like having a say in who leads us, for things like equality of opportunity and equal protection under the law, for a country that aspires not just to say, but to do liberty and justice for all. We come, I think, to this weekend hoping deeply for all those things and yearning for them for this country, even as we are so divided about what they represent. And we know that as followers of Jesus, we have a citizenship that's truer and deeper and longer lasting than any earthly one a citizenship in what Jesus calls today the kingdom of God. He sends out his disciples, 70 of them, a giant throng, not an elite inner circle like the 12, but maybe a group of ordinary believers like you and me. He commissions them. And he tells them that in going out, wherever they go, they are bringing the kingdom of God near. Twice he uses that word, near. Tells them to say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
But I think again of that physical intimacy, of closeness, of bodies sharing the same space. No, the disciples may not be crawling up on the laps of the people they're preaching to, but they are coming into these villages, carrying nothing and relying completely on the hospitality of those they encounter. And they're coming up in their homes, sleeping in their beds, sitting at their tables, eating the same food, drinking the same drink. They're establishing relationships. And it's in that intimacy of host and guest, of sharing that table, that food, breathing that same air, somehow, somehow in that connection, the kingdom of God is being brought near. And I find myself thinking this Independence Day weekend about this country, this physical space that we share, and about how much we are simply bound to each other, about the physicality of sharing this land, this land from sea to shining sea, a land that is soaked in much sorrow and blood, but also a land of great beauty and great abundance, and about how we're bound to each other, and how we had better learn to live with one another, and to honor and care for each other's bodies with our own. When Jesus came among us in his body, he didn't start a new nation. He didn't establish a new government. He didn't found a business or a corporation or even a club of like-minded folk. What he formed was a body. What he formed was a church that since the very beginning Christians have referred to as the body of Christ. St. Paul tells us that in a very real sense, we are an extension of the physical body of Jesus ever since Ascension Day. That physical connection with Jesus is formed in a common bath. And it's nourished each week in a common loaf and common cup as we come to the same table. During his earthly ministry, Jesus sent the 70 ahead of him as an extension of his presence, going on ahead of him to every place he intended to go. But today, you and I and each member who has been baptized into Jesus' body is an extension of his risen and living presence. Where we go, he goes. May you and I this day bear the living presence of Jesus wherever he would have us go. In this troubled, beautiful nation, or to the ends of the earth, today and for all our lives.